0: Detection and treatment of HIV in the United States has improved dramatically since the peak of the epidemic here in the 1980s, but there is far more work to be done. HIV transmission is one area of heightened concern, particularly those cases spread by newly infected persons who remain undiagnosed. Though tests are available to diagnose HIV in the acute phase, many experts believe we must improve these tests to really make headway in reducing the incidence of HIV in the United States. You are listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon, and our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Klausner a Deputy Health Officer and Director of the STD Prevention and Control Services Section at the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Welcome, Dr. Klausner. Thank you very much for having me. Dr. Klausner, scientifically, it has been proven difficult over the years to detect new HIV infections. What is it about this virus that makes it difficult to detect early on?
1: Well, what we've learned with the HIV virus and early HIV infection is that it can take one to two months before the body responds adequately to produce enough antibodies that those antibodies become measurable with standard tests. And we call that period from the time of infection to when antibodies can be detected, the window
0: period. Now, why is that an issue?
1: Well, it's an issue because many people actually seek health care and seek testing related to a recent exposure, which may have happened a week or a month ago, they get an HIV test, and then they're falsely assured that they're HIV-uninfected because they test HIV antibody
0: negative. So what do we do to solve that problem, or what has been done?
1: Well, what was done uh, starting off in San Francisco back in 2003 is we combined the use of two tests, the standard HIV antibody test with a second test called an HIV RNA test. And it's that RNA test or the ribonucleic acid test that actually looks for HIV virus in the blood. And HIV virus in the blood can be identified and found as early as seven days after infection. So by testing people with both tests, we have a much more accurate testing protocol and we can find people in this window period.
0: Dr. Klausner, could you review the most common test? What does it do? How does it do it? How long does it take, etc.?
1: Well, the most common tests are HIV antibody tests, and most commonly used are what's called Generation 3 tests in the United States, and they detect IgM antibodies, which rise very early in infection, and IgG antibodies, which detect uh, rise a little bit later in infection. However, these antibody tests that are commonly used still won't detect actual infection or antibodies until after about four to six weeks after someone's actually infected. Those tests can be used on blood samples collected from a venipuncture. The tests can be used on finger stick blood samples. So in many clinics, we can do point of care testing. We can actually uh, prick someone's finger, do a rapid antibody test, and tell them right then and there whether they're antibody positive or negative. And then the third way the tests are used is from oral fluid. So that doesn't require a blood draw. Doesn't require a finger stick, and one can swab the gums and then within 20 to 40 minutes get a test result from the oral fluid test.
0: Well, this RNA test certainly seems superior to that prior test, yes?
1: The RNA test is superior in terms of its performance, but the actual collection of the specimen requires a venopuncture or drawing of blood. The specimen must be brought to the laboratory in a certain number of Hours and it has to be done by a laboratory that has the appropriate equipment to do RNA testing. So it's actually somewhat more complicated from the collection and the laboratory testing procedure. But increasingly, laboratories in San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York City, many urban areas in the United States are going to RNA screening, particularly in high-risk populations.
0: Well, how long has this RNA test been available?
1: The RNA test has been available probably since 2000, and it's used regularly when we monitor patients with HIV. So when someone has HIV infection, our goal is to treat their HIV infection and bring their viral load or their detectable amount of virus in their bloodstream down to zero or undetectable. We start them on antiretroviral therapy, and we will check their viral load every three six, nine months um, in the beginning to make sure that the antiviral medications are working. So that viral load test has been used in clinical practice in monitoring people with HIV infection for many, many years. It's only been recently that we've started to use that viral load test for the initial diagnosis or screening of people to find people with HIV infection and particularly find those people who have acute HIV infection or have been infected in the past month. With due respect, why wasn't
0: that thought of prior, Uh, in other words, using this test to check for acute illness?
1: Well, it's been used in the blood banks pretty much as soon as it became available to assure a safe blood supply. The HIV testing system in the United States really has never been a very strict evidence-based medical model. It's really grown up from a community response, important support for anonymous testing. It's been a lot of focus on voluntary testing and promoting screening, but it hasn't necessarily been used in the most rigorous way that medical professionals might say, well, we need to find people early. We need to use the most advanced test that we have, and you know, cost is a consideration, but we want to make sure we offer our patients the best test possible.
0: Is it much more expensive than the routine test?
1: really depends what the cost of the test is, but for example, a routine test can cost uh, my program as a, and I run one of the largest STD clinics in California, and a routine antibody test can cost $15, where that RNA test will cost $25. So there is incremental cost, but it's really fairly insignificant when you talk about the benefits of finding someone with acute HIV infection.
0: If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Klausner, a Deputy Health Officer and Director of the STD Prevention and Control Services Section at the San Francisco Department of Public Health. We're discussing the need for improved mechanisms for detection of acute HIV infections, Dr. Klausner, is this a real problem, not finding out if someone has acutely contracted HIV?
1: It definitely is a problem that we're missing people with acute HIV for several reasons. One, when we misdiagnose people who've been recently HIV-infected as HIV-negative, it reinforces, at some level, their high-risk behavior, and they will go on to engage in high-risk behavior, and they may continue to expose other people to infection. Or, uh, Secondly, people who are acutely infected, we've learned, are highly infectious. The amount of virus in their blood, in their genital secretions, may be 10, maybe 100-fold higher than people with chronic infection. When people are much more infectious, they're much more likely to spread infection to a a sexual contact or a needle-sharing contact. For example, someone who is in chronic infection has about a one in 200 chance of spreading infection to someone else. Someone with acute infection may have a one in 20 or even one in two chance of spreading that infection to someone else. So we can find people early on who are the most infectious We have an opportunity to reduce the chance of a continued transmission of infection. Some modeling studies have actually shown, in some settings, up to 50% of new infections that are perpetuated in a community may come from people with unknown but acute HIV infection.
0: Those are very impressive statistics, but let me ask you, in places where they do routine antibody testing, why don't they educate the patients in saying, just what you were saying, it takes perhaps one to two months for the antibodies to be detected. So during that period of time, you should, let's say, assume that perhaps you might have contracted the disease. Why wouldn't that work?
1: Well, education as a means of HIV prevention has been a challenge for 25 to 30 years now in the in the epidemic. While we okay. know education is necessary, it's not sufficient. There are a lot of psychosocial, behavioral, societal factors that don't allow people who are very high-risk or engaging in high-risk behavior really to modify and change what they do. If it were as simple as you know, a message from a doctor, you know please reduce your risk, here's what you need to do, use condoms, reduce the number of partners, etc. cetera, uh, we won't have 56,000 new infections every year in the United States.
0: Do you think that this new test will become routine in smaller cities all over the country uh, like it's routine now in San Francisco?
1: Well, I certainly hope the use of the HIV RNA test as a supplemental screening test will be routine. I do believe it should be standard of medical care. It is available from commercial laboratories like LabCorp and um, other laboratories and local laboratories can make it available. It has been recommended by a variety of different scientists and expert groups. The CDC has studied it, and in our hands, it increases our ability to find new cases of HIV by about 10%. So at the public health level, it offers a real benefit. And additionally, what we're learning is that the earlier patients are treated, there may be direct clinical benefits to patients when they're identified earlier and treating earlier. So I think that's actually what's been slowing down some of the adoption of these very sensitive screening tests is there's been limited clinical benefit of why do we need to find people so
0: early. Are there any other new tests in the pipeline?
1: There are tests that would look for a different marker of the virus, so not necessarily the ribonucleic acid, but an antigen or a piece of the viral membrane called P24, and those tests have also been shown to Close the window a bit in that window period uh, from about four weeks to about three weeks. They are available outside the United States. They're not currently FDA cleared for marketing in the United States. What's probably most exciting is there is in development rapid tests, so a point of care rapid test that can detect someone with acute infection without having to collect a specimen, send it to the laboratory and then wait a few days, because every day that we misidentify someone with acute infection, a person is potentially putting others at risk.
0: And tell us about that test you're talking about.
1: Well, that test is a finger stick test where there's a cartridge. The clinician or the laboratory collects a drop of blood. They put it on the cartridge, and that cartridge has a membrane that will bind either IgM antibody IgG antibody, or this P24 antigen. And if any of those three markers, IgM, IgG, or P24, are identified in the individual's blood, that test will show reactive. Now, most of these rapid tests have to be confirmed, but that's certainly a case where if you have a preliminary positive test counseling a patient to reduce their risk activity and to consider that they may truly be newly HIV-infected, can have a significant impact.
0: Now, in looking at some of the statistics from the CDC, it seems that the HIV infections seems to be back on the rise. Is that the case, and if it is so, why?
1: Yes, we've definitely seen an increase in the United States in the past few years, particularly among men who have sex with men, and gay men and other men who have sex with men continue to be the largest affected group of persons in the United States require new HIV infections. Some of that certainly has to do with changes in people's attitudes toward HIV. HIV infection or AIDS is no longer the death sentence that it used to be. Treatment is far simpler. In fact, I just started a patient today for the first time on antiretroviral therapy, and it was one pill a day. Mm -hmm. And he was shocked, you know, that he could have HIV and be treated with just one pill a day. So that changes, you know, how people adopt preventative behavior. It changes how society responds to it. We've seen massive reductions in funding for HIV prevention. We know HIV prevention can work, but now with less resources, we're less able to work with people to help them prevent themselves from getting HIV infected. And so I think there's a variety of different factors that have changed the way people think about HIV
0: and AIDS. We have been speaking with Dr. Jeffrey Klausner about the need for improved mechanisms for detection of acute HIV infections. Dr. Klausner, thank you very much for being our guest.
1: Well, thank you. It's been great speaking with you all.
0: I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air please visit us at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.